Lalu. Vivian Lalu. The band is called Lalu. He's called Lalu. And the new album, his second album, Paint the Sky, was a huge surprise. I was handed it to review by one of the magazines I write for. And it, it, it shocked me with its, with its excellence. It really is 1970s influenced prog. And it, it goes to so many places. So I wanted to sit down and talk to, to Vivienne and, uh, and also to review the album, which I'll do next week. And he really was a delight to talk to. Here's how it went. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's great to speak to you. Thank you for, for taking the, the time to speak to me. I, I mean, I, I wanted to chat with you because I love uh, the album so much. I love Paint the Sky so much. It's, it, it's, Thank you so much. Well, it makes me very happy to, to hear. Great. Well, it, I mean, it's called, on the bump I got from the record company, um, Progressive mm. Metal, but it's, it's a lot more than that. It touches so much music. You must be really pleased with it. Uh, yes. Uh, to be honest, I'm always uh, very harsh with my music. Um, first of all, you know, when we make an album, we hear the, each song a thousand times. We record uh, 40 times the guitar between the demo, <laughs> the actual recording, everything. And when you hear the stuff so much, you, you cannot even uh, understand anymore, you know, what you're yes. working on. And uh, uh, even worse with my past record, for example, my debut album I released in 2005, I've never listened to it because I hear all the mistakes I've done, uh, student wise and other things. So, uh, yeah, I'm not always my biggest fan, but uh, until now, this one, I, I like to, to listen to it. It's cool. Well, and so you should. So you've never you, you've never listened to your debut at all. You've not you've not bothered to listen to it. Uh, no, no, no. And uh by the way, yeah, this album is a radical change, huh? also mm. from my debut album, which had a lot more metal elements to it. And uh, maybe also the fact I'm, I'm growing older, you know, I'm uh, going back to my roots, to my childhood, listening prog rock. And uh, I, I, I just love this new balance that I found with Mr. Wilson on vocals. Yes. Yes, we'll talk more about that in a minute. But um, the, the, the great thing about the album is, or one of the great things is that it, I mean, it kind of covers so much music. You touch so much music, and that's that's really great to hear. And it, you know, it, it you don't have any barriers to the music, which is great. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm a big fan of Yes, uh, of uh, John Anderson, obviously, and uh, it's himself who one day said that he doesn't like the term prog progressive. He preferred the term adventurous, and that's how I see it, like an adventurous journey yes. in the world of music. And uh, I think that there is not one song that sounds like the other. They are all a unique world uh, in themselves. And uh, for me, it's important that you are making this journey, this adventure in different, uh, you know, moods. And uh... I agree. And the thing is that some of these songs... They give you an adventure and a journey within the song. So, you know, you've got mm. several different... And that's... that. You know, it, it takes quite a lot of bravery to do that, you know, to really take us. Mm. Did you ever think, oh, I'm going to lose people if I do this? Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it was my biggest fear at first because uh, even my first album was even heavier than my debut album. It had a lot of trashy elements because I'm... Uh, I, I grew up also with bands like Megadeth, you know, and yes. uh, Iron Maiden, mm -hmm. and I, uh, yeah, 
this ever edge uh, was very important to me and suddenly releasing an album which almost sounds like a, um, a classic prog rock record outside the fact that uh, you know uh, let's be honest it's not as developed as yes there are not songs that are 20 minutes long or something it's like um, how could i say that uh, dump down version of the yes formula yes yeah but, absolutely uh, well I'm, I'm, yeah, i mean but it, yeah. go on you go no 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 uh, I, i i was just thinking that um, I, i i like also uh, the fact that it can make also maybe this type of music more accessible uh, i don't know No, absolutely. The songs, as you say, they're not, they're not over long. I don't think. Oh, oh, here's here's a thirty minute suite. You know, these these songs are within a six and a seven minute period, and they go to so many places. And you know that that's that's real craft. And I, I'm just interested to know what's sort of changed within you to create when you sat down to write this album to create more of a of a prog rock album. Because yeah, you're absolutely right. The you know the, the, the there are less Uh, metal album, uh, less metal elements in here. So what sort of changed for you? I, I, I think what changed that I approached it differently is that I made music for myself first. Mm. Because uh, in the past, uh, you know, it's a common mistake. You think towards other people, you find a guitar riff and you're like, oh my God, people are going to love this guitar riff. And uh, you, you <laughs> kind of work for others. And this time I try to not think what people would think of what I'm doing. For example, the, the jazz uh, type of uh, jam in the middle of the record, Standing at the Gates of Hell, which is also a nod to the yes of the 70s. Yes. And by the way, thank you, because I saw that you compared this part to Relayer, which is a big compliment. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Absolutely. Uh, This yeah. is very Patrick Moraz. Yeah, and it happened just uh, during the pandemic, uh, under lockdown at 11 the night. I had this idea and I started with this little piano idea and so on and so on. and. Until five o'clock in the morning, the, the song was finished. Uh, I, I sent it to the guys and uh, they jammed on it and it sounded so cool. I mean, um, it was done completely different than my past record. It was just having fun. And that's the thing, taste and colors. You know, some people might not like the record, but uh, we had a lot of fun and put a lot of love into it. So, yeah. No, absolutely. And it's, it's very interesting to hear you say, Um, you know, writing the songs, then, you know, the guys get involved with it, jam it. So, you know, the songs I presume that you wrote w might change radically when they get hold of it. Mm. Yeah, uh, the thing is that I uh, I usually write everything. Um, guitar riffs, uh, bass, bass lines, drum grooves, and then I uh, send it to the other players, you know, to, to learn the parts and play them, perform them. And uh, for example, in the in the case of this song, I wanted to make it like a jam. And at the time, I was watching um, a show from Kim Crimson uh, mm. live. And in recent years, Kim Crimson uh, had the three drummers, including Mr. Gavin Harrison. Uh, they had three drummers on stage, and I wanted to make uh, a drum parts also written for three drum kids. So actually, the that song has three drum parts playing uh, above each other. <laughs> And uh, my drummer, uh, Jelly, still approached it like a jam, and he made only one take for each of the drum parts. It's, uh, but it's the only song like this on the record. Each song has a specific uh, mood and vibe. <laughs> I even wanted to open the album with it, and then people would understand nothing. Like, uh, <laughs> did I put the wrong CD in the player? <laughs> Imagine you start the live show, and you start with this little jazzy uh, yes. uh, a jam, and they would 
wonder if they had the wrong show, you know? <laughs> well, you know, it's sequenced correctly on the album because by, by that time we've had a real journey. So, you know, so yeah, yeah. You, you kind of expect anything, which, which is great. It, it surprised me when I heard it, you know. It's, if you're open to the, to, to the kind of musical surprises, then there, there, are, there are loads of, of surprises on there. But that's, and that's kind, that kind of sound and that sort of 1970s prog feel is coming back a bit, I think. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that part is very important, the adventurous part and the part to do what you want. I think it's what defines the progressive music the most, you know, when you you don't put yourself uh, any barriers, you know, or you just let your imagination go wild. And uh, it's it's not about technicality or making show off on the instruments or yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's my opinion. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, you, you can feel the fun in there, and I can feel the band feel in there, and you, you know, you've. You've got some, you know, you've got different singers on there, including including Mr. Wilson, including Damien Wilson, you know. Yes, yes. Um, so how did you hook up with him? Um, it's a long time ago, actually, in the early 2000s. Um, I was invited by Arian Lucasen uh, to see the first show of Star One mm. in the early 2000s. And uh, I was invited also at the rehearsals, and uh, I met uh, the, the whole crew, the band, and I met Damien there. And uh, we stayed in touch. And later on, we met in Paris because he had family in Paris and we had dinner one time. And uh, I actually showed him some musical ideas that you can find now in Paint the Sky, already back in those times, back in those days. <laughs> Great. And then, um, you know, we went through those MySpace times and we discussed uh, via MySpace. At some point, we talked about making an album, you know, some kind of collaboration and uh, make a record around uh, some kind of fairy tale topic, but it never happened. And I went to do different things. And the funny thing is that uh, during uh, the year just before the pandemic in 2019, I was listening so much to Yes and old Genesis records and yeah. English progressive rock in general, Gentle Giant, you know, yeah. Emerson, Lake and Palmer, to uh, everything. And um, I, uh, I really wanted to try something new. <laughs> and Obviously, for me, Mr. Wilson was the best choice because, first of all, he is English, so he's, um, uh, he's uh, spoken English and his singing sure. is in perfect English. Yeah. He's, he's writing too because he wrote the lyrics. And it was very important for me. Like, if you go for a prog formula, then it has to be with an English font manual. Yes, so, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, it, it, it fits it incredibly well because he's got such an emotional link to. The music that he sings, he always does, and it's it's great to hear. And you know the the, the English the English prog thing is interesting to me because I can hear so much of that in the in the record. And I I presume that's a is that an influence for you the the UK prog oh, scene of the seventies? Yeah. Well, I've been breastfed uh, UK prog since I was actually even before my birth <laughs> because uh, my parents had the progressive band in the seventies. Yes. My father was guitar player and singer. And my mother was the keyboard player, so I was in her belly, and she was live on stage. Uh, <laughs> That's great. And at home, uh, they were playing this kind of records. And my earliest memories, as far as I can uh, try to concentrate and revive my first memories as a baby or a young child, I was sitting on the lap of the drummer at the hostels or uh, playing the moog of my mother uh, <laughs> in the living room. You know, right? And the, the vinyl albums of my dad, you know, like Agile, Close to the Edge, all of, I've been completely breastfed uh, 
this uh, this music. So I guess it had an influence. You know? oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and what was it like growing up in a band situation? And you know, uh, or you know, pl playing yeah. with you with your parents in the band and doing all that. I mean, what was that like as a kid um, for you? It, it didn't last uh, too long because at some point they actually received a very great offer by Polydor, who was uh, already a big label uh, back in the day. But, uh, you know, politics coming into play, a lot of the band members were not ready to throw their daily job, uh, to uh, abandon their family and go on tour, uh, you know, all year. And uh, finally, kind of dropped and uh, didn't take the, this opportunity. So I'm kind of the torchbearer in, uh, in this uh, century now. That's great. But, uh, yeah. And um, yeah, obviously, my parents are very happy for me. It helps a lot to have parents who have... Uh, been part of a progressive band because regular parents if you tell them today uh, mom dad i want to be a, a progressive rock composer composer and produce progress records it's not really the the type of uh, future that you want for your kids no. uh, yeah. <laughs> I, i've got 100 support person support from them so. excellent and i mean you know you, you you've got some heavy hitters here including you've got steve walsh on your on your you know, on, your, on oh, yeah. your album. That's incredible. How did that come about? Yeah, this one was thanks to my manager, uh, who at the time was in contact with him. And actually, he's the only musician on the record with who I didn't have direct contact. Okay. Uh, it was all done through my manager. And uh, uh, he recorded two times his parts, because at some point he underwent some sort of surgery and he wanted to re-record the, the vocals to sound better. And he corrected some of my mistakes because I had written the lyrics to his parts and uh, one or two words were not okay because on the contrary of Mr. Wilson, I am not English and, uh, yes. you know, <laughs> I think you can hear it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a dream come true. And like I said, imagine that my parents in the 70s were playing this type of music and obviously listening to and playing a lot of Kansas. So, uh, yeah, it's it brilliant. was a big honor uh, for, for us. Oh, absolutely, and 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 how how did the because it's a this is a big album, you know, it's it's got a lot of parts and it's intricate. And how did that work for you getting it together during pandemic times? Was that difficult, or was it just because a lot of people oh, said yes. we had lots of time to do it and that was great? But how did it work for you? Yeah, it, it was uh, really stressful because initially we planned to record everything at the studio of my drummer, Mr. Jelly Carderelli, who outside of being a, an amazing drummer. He's also a great, great sound engineer. He's mixing way better than I do. So we, I mean, he mixed uh, this album and we had to record everything at his studio. And what happened is that uh, lockdown kicked in. And even me, I, I'm living one hour away from him and I was not even authorized by the authorities to leave uh, one kilometer from my home. So we had to contact an audio company who was offering a services to connect uh, remotely studios and uh, I could hear in real time the sound in the headphones, you know, while he was mixing. So that was great. It helped us a lot. And same problem with Damien. Uh, Damien Wilson was in the UK. He had to come to France for the recordings. And finally, he was not authorized to depart, you know. So uh, we had to find uh, some help uh, on his side. So that's why uh, uh, Adam Wakeman recorded uh, maybe half of uh, his vocals. And yeah. then it was Clive Nolan who recorded the other half. Yeah. And everybody helped uh, this project to happen. Uh, you know, it was uh, 
Uh, it was a journey too, you know, not only the music is adventurous. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, but, uh, you know, again, I'll say again, you've got some big hitters, you know, Adam Wakeman and Clive Nolan. And, you know, it's just brilliant for someone like me who came up through the 70s with Prague and then sort of neo-Prague, I suppose, in the 80s. It's fantastic to hear all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the funny thing is that uh, speaking about guests, I'm, I'm not thinking when I make an album that I will invite any big name or something like that. Uh, I write the music first and sometimes uh, a part just stands out or is screaming for something and then I have to ask someone. For example, the piano interlude at the end, um, uh, Damien wanted the piano part to make an interlude, you know, with yeah. piano vocals. He loved that kind of stuff and he's also doing that with uh, Adam Whiteman. Indeed, yeah. They make a lot of piano vocal stuff together. And I told him I'm not a great piano player. I'm a, I'm a rock keyboardist, you know. I compose my songs, but I cannot play pieces of Mozart or Debussy. Or... So uh, <coughs> at the time, I was listening to this uh, gentleman called uh, Vikram Shankar, uh, who was keyboard player of Silent, Ki- Silent Skies, yeah. which is a duet with the singer of Evergrey, uh, Tom England. And I was blown away by his piano work. And I say to Damien, I have to contact this guy and uh, he has to do it. So I contacted him and um, it helped that he knew my previous album. He was also a fan of Damien, so it worked very well. And that's why in the end on the album, this piece isn't even written by me. You know, it's written by me, Mr. Shankar, but it's not about me uh, being in the front uh, yeah. light, you know, our center. It's uh, sometimes there are parts for which I need, uh, you know, somebody better at it. And, uh, that's how it happens. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to hear you say that because, you know, it does have a real band feel and a real kind of project feel, not in a, not in a bad way. It doesn't feel like it's yeah. thrown together. It feels like oh, it's yeah. organic. And, you know, mm. it, it, it takes quite a sort of modesty and an assurance with yourself to sort of step back and say, well, actually, you could do these things. And, you know, this is all part of the band. So that's credit to you, really. Yeah, Thank you. The, the thing is that I also want to like the album at the end, and <laughs> like we discuss, sit down and appreciate it. So yes. It's even better if somebody else could make my records for me than I <laughs> <laughs> too much about it. But uh, yeah, more seriously, uh, yeah, I, I agree. The band feeling was very important for me. Um, that's why I, when I wrote the material and when we built everything and recorded, it was mostly the four of us, Damien. Jelly and Jupe, so Jupe Volters, my guitar player and bass player, plays a huge part on the album, especially to bring this kind of a Chris Squire feel uh, yeah. on the bass, you know, and uh, on guitar also he's a monster. And uh, those people, they really brought it to the next level. If I show you my keyboard versions, you hear the same songs, but with keyboard sounds. Yes. And when you start to put this puzzle together with real instruments, then you start to really see it uh, take shape. And it's like, uh, sometimes it's even surprising. It's different than what you envisioned. And uh, I actually like when that happens. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's that's wonderful to hear as well, because, you know, as, as we said earlier, you write it and then things change when you when the band play it, and then when you record it, things change again. And then when it's, when it's live, you know, things will change again. So it's yeah. constantly moving. Yeah, a, a song is never finished, you know. Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, when you have a song on an album, it's a particular point in time which is recorded to stay for eternity. People can listen to it, it's there forever. But the song itself, it's not finished, it continues to evolve, be it live. I mean, uh, you see the, the different versions that uh, even a band like Yes has played uh, live. For example, you take Heart of the Sunrise, 
they played it in uh, so many different uh, versions also covers there are a yeah. lot of uh, uh, bands who make covers of those songs and they are they are just ideas but they are never finished anyway absolutely and 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 talking of playing this live are you thinking that that's something you want to do are you thinking that, that you like to do that but i mean things are difficult at the moment but is that something you're considering oh yes i, I would love to we all want uh, we are really looking forward to it the only problem right now is as you said the situation yes <laughs> uh, live music is still uncertain at this point and i think that because this is like a, a reboot of the of, of this music of this project um it might be wiser to stay calm and wait the next uh, album so that i was speaking mm. to myself and uh, especially my drummer is so motivated to bring this uh, stuff live and yes. i was saying to him it, it, it's better if we just uh, wait a little more and maybe for the second album we'll have more material of this new oh. iteration with, yeah. uh, with damien and you know this new direction and, uh, oh, it's great. Yeah, no absolutely and the direction is is clearly bearing fruit and i, I presume that like myself people have responded to the album very well how's it how's it uh, been for you completely different than my previous album <laughs> i mean i remember when i released my you know it's like for every city test and colors you always have funny comments i remember uh, i don't know if it was blabbermouth back in the day or another big site like uh, metal injection Ooh. and i was reading comments like oh the new album is gay like the previous one and very harsh uh, comments you know and uh, you can see it also on any Dream Theater video. Whenever they make a new song, you see a lot of angry people in the comments. Sure. I, I wasn't sure how it would be welcomed, you know? And I was really surprised because when we released the, the music video for The Chosen Ones, um, I until now, I, I didn't read a, a single negative comment on YouTube, which is so strange. Yes. I mean, I expected uh, at least a few uh, bad ones and... Uh, and and that's funny, you know, because uh, you can have a ton of great comments, like 99%, and you'll have this one comment which is bad and which will ruin your day, you yes. know, but even that didn't happen. We didn't find a single bad comment on any of the videos or reviews. So, yeah, I feel really, really uh, happy. Like, uh, okay, it means that uh, we've done something that uh, maybe is right. Uh, Oh, absolutely, and you know, it, it, it's a it's a great piece of work. It's a big piece of work. It's a very it's a very kind of florid piece of work, and it really you know it goes places that that I, I absolutely love to, to to go with you. So you know, I was shocked and delighted by it, and it, it is a it is a great album. Thank you so much. It makes me very happy because that's the goal of this music is that it's appreciated and felt by someone in the end. So uh, yeah, that's the best reward actually. Well, it's, it's a real fuel for the inspiration. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and it's it's really wonderful to speak to you. And thank you very much for taking the time to, to uh, chat with me. It's really you're, great. You're welcome. And thank you also for the very great review. Uh, Mr. Levermore uh, forwarded to me the, you know, the review. Yes. And I couldn't believe it. I, I didn't expect it. Uh, it was like a surprise in my email. So, yeah. I'm very happy that you like it, the record. Well, there'll be a lot more reviews. I'm sure that will be laudatory. And, and, and thank you for chatting with me. Have a lovely evening. Uh, you're welcome. You too. Huh? Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. See, I told you he was good to speak to. Nice bloke. Great music. It's a bit, this album, um, Paint the Sky, a bit like, um, I suppose, the new PFM album which is uh, I Dreamed of Electric Sheep. It's very similar. It has jazzy moods to it. It takes you places. It's got very unashamed 70s prog. It's coming back. 
the 70s prog stuff, it might already be here. Do take a listen to Paint the Sky. I really think you'll never be sorry you did. Ta-ta.